Welcome to the Agony Column podcast. My name is Rick Kleffel. What follows is an extended reading by Verlin Klinkenberg from his book, Timothy, or Notes of an Abject Reptile. You can find a review of the book on my website at trashotroncom agony. You can also download my interview with the author from the website or just subscribe to the podcast and hear a new interview and more every week. And now, Verlin Klinkenberg reads from Timothy, or Notes of an Abject Reptile. Among the humans, some are gamekeepers, some shepherds. Some are good at coppice work. Others prefer the long furrow in the company of a plow horse. Some are mowers whose scythes set the pace. The maltster differs in outlook and habits from the miller. Butcher and blacksmith are as different as whole lives in their livelihoods can make them. They know little of the shopkeeper's turn of mind or the surveyor's. Brickburner understands the mason's job, but cannot lay a plumb wall himself. Sawyer cannot fill in professionally for saddle-maker or hedge-layer. Nor can any of these men mend a shirt or embroider a bride's linen, or keep a house as trim as a ship of the line, the way the women of Selborne can. Not a human in the parish who can do for himself everything needed to live, unless he lives as meagerly and cannily as a fox. To each man and woman a vocation of one kind or another, no matter how humble, all fitted together in the economy of Selborne. Even the curate, reading aloud on Sundays, directing the bowing of heads and the closing of eyes, parting living and dead, joining man and woman, sprinkling infants, visiting the sick, cheering the downhearted. Merely to be human is not nearly enough. But what is the heron's vocation? To what occupation is the viper called, or summer's myriad of frogs? What trade was the otter following when he strayed down the rivulet? Only a single vocation in all the rest of this earthly parish, all the rest of creation. Vocation of place. Fern owl feeds aloft with cunning claw. Osprey plunges to gather its food. Thrush eats shell snails, bullfinch, honeysuckle buds. No matter how they get their living, they get their living where they must. Ages of ancestors fit them for marsh or hedge or underwood beach, expert in their terrain, minutely particular in habitation, fitted just so into the mosaic of Selborne. Some to dwell here all their lives, some, like the ring oozel, merely to use the parish hills as an inn or baiting place, one occupant only, to live forever displaced. Stone Curlew never strides through the garden poppies, never makes her evening flight at noon, nowhere but where she is fitted to, among the gray-spotted flints that match her feathering, clamoring in upland fields and sheep walks. Who she is a matter of where she is. The path she takes in migrating, long legs strung out behind her. The place she comes to rest. Rook in the beech tops, trout in the stream, owl in the high wood, cricket in the damp. Wild pigeons reaching in strings for a mile together as they went out in a morning to feed. Place is what they practice, an all-sufficient knowledge. Some live narrowly, Insects moored in the county of a single oak crown, like the milkmaid who has never left her corner of the parish. Others live in place more extensively than Mr. Gilbert White can imagine, 
as widely as Mr. Charles Etty, who voyages nearly round the world, surviving shipwreck, stranding, the groaning and leaking of crazed vessels. Stationary voyagers, some of them, barnacles encrusting the hull, shipworm infesting it, as fixed in place, beating across mid-ocean, as the turn overhead in her age-old route under the stars. All summer long the short-winged, soft-billed birds flit from hedge to hedge, ambit of only a few dozen yards. Yet when that other life-place pulls in autumn, they go to unimaginable trouble, unimaginable to the naturalist. That such feeble bad flyers, Mr. Gilbert White exclaims, should be able to traverse vast seas and continents in order to enjoy milder seasons amidst the regions of Africa as inexplicable to him as the longevity of a tortoise. I am at a loss even what to suspect about them, he writes. But those birds are students of their profit as surely as the governors of the East India Company, routes more fixed, more certain than the company's ships, sense of place firmly bound to their sense of time, wheeling about the year across the globe, following their vocation. I'm Rick Kleffel, and you've been listening to an extended reading by Verlin Klinkenberg from his new book, Timothy, or Notes of an Abject Reptile. You can find a review of this book and over 600 others on my website at trashotroncom agony, as well as daily book news and commentary. Thank you for listening to The Agony Column.